Welcome, everyone, to the 33rd episode of the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, that Ooh. occasionally weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond about video games from the comfort of wherever they are happen to be so at the time. So comfy. Because we do this over the internet now. Network. Network. It's an amazing invention of modern times. So modern. Absolutely. Well, Split Screen Gaming. We have I'm just like pretty- the hype woman in the background, like... You see the the trailers and like big action. She's like action beyond belief. Things like that. <laughs> I'm just like accentuating highlights. You like the background singers that repeat the same thing that the lead singer said. Same exact thing. Exactly. Hey well, everyone, I'm Chad Michael Linus. I'm Holden Depardo. I, he actually didn't say that. I just realized that. I'm like, oh, I did the intro. Yeah, no, you I didn't, didn't do didn't. the intro. I did half the intro. Mm, guess you're fired. Hi, everyone. I'm, nice to meet yep. you. This is going to be personality one, and this is personality two, and we're going to be interviewing each other today. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds so weird. Holden's fired. I get fired. That's so sad. We do have a shit like ton that. to talk about this week. We do. We, so we, it's been like nine days since we recorded last, which That's is That's why we say occasionally weekly, because we are not good enough to hold on to any Before, kind of schedule. Before I moved, we were on the dot with it every week. Every yeah, and Sunday. then you fucked everything up. I fucked everything up by changing my life. Oh, Jesse just showed me a uh, a meme of Dawson from Dawson's Creek <laughs> crying, saying, "When your work friend tells you they got a new job and they're leaving the company." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, that's not even funny. That's just true." Yeah, except I know. for this one. <laughs> except for you left the it entire was, state. Yeah, when I left, you like you applauded. You were so happy. I was Pacey Witter in that situation, and I finally got Katie Holmes. Good Jerry for you. Potter. Man, you like, I mean, after Tom Cruise as well, that's impressive. Yeah. Or technically yeah. speaking, that's before Tom Cruise. But chronologically right now, you started dating Katie Holmes after Tom Cruise. I mean, she yeah, just happens made a to very be the third friend of the podcast this week. <laughs> Katie Holmes will be joining us. Katie Holmes, welcome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Holmes. Kitty Holmes, what games have you been playing this week? I've been playing the game where I take all of my special prescription pills and spread them on the countertop and take a random three and hope I don't die. <laughs> did, did Kitty Holmes have a drug problem? <laughs> she does now. She didn't already. <laughs> well, I have basically one giant thing to talk about. What is that giant stuff. thing? Oh, it's your one so two, Mario game? goddamn. And then I saw you have one two switch in there. I'm a little judgmental right now, but tell no, me no, about no, your no, game. no, 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 no. I didn't play one two switch. I just have a funny story about that. Okay. So why don't you go first? Okay. I have been playing all week. Guess. I'm going to take a guess here. You've been playing the legend of Zelda breath of the wild star, not star South park, butthole. The fractured oh, butthole. Oh, I totally. I was actually going to joke and say I said that because I'm like, oh, it was obviously Destiny. No, I, I haven't totally played Destiny. Forgot. I played Destiny one time, and it was just to go see what Zur had and buy some shit. I kind of miss it. It's always there in the background. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating on Destiny right now, and I can't wait to beat this and then beat Mario and then get back to Destiny. But I'm playing South Park Fractured Butthole, and I played about ten hours of I'm, it. I'm like the friend who's like, I think Destiny and you just aren't right for each other. Mm. <laughs> they keep like egging you on about that. Mm, it's so good though. <laughs> No, but I, I do hear it's a good game. So South tell me Park about South Park. is fucking hysterical. It is just as funny as the first game. This Stick of Truth was the funniest video game I've ever played in my life. And this See, one, I'm, you jump right back into it. I was worried about that because the first game, I'm not sure. It took them like four years to write the, the first game. I'm sure writing wasn't and, all they were doing for four years. 
they said four years to write the game. I, I recall that for some reason. Yeah, but you and also recall liking Zelda Breath of the Wild, so I can't I, trust well, your recollection. We'll be talking about that in the podcast this week. No, so. again. Oh. <laughs> okay. But Fractured Butthole was is very, very good. Incredibly smart humor. I love that they've taken all of, like, every item you find in this world, whether it's a piece of trash you used to craft with or whether it was, like, a big artifact that you used to power up your character, is so... Like, everything is thought about, and it has a hilarious name, whether it's referencing the show or just something stupid funny. It's fantastic. I also love all of the random-ass dialogue from all the characters. Super witty. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to go into any kind of details about, like, jokes or any big, like, scenes or or moments in the game, because I think that having them spoiled will lessen the comedy factor. So I'm not going to yeah. outright say anything, except for one joke that I really enjoyed. As I was walking by a bus stop, and there, there are two people waiting at this bus stop the entire game so far. And then one of them said, well, damn, this bus should have been here last December. And it was meta, because this game's original release date was last December. Oh, that's pretty good. And got pushed that. to the fall, or the spring, and that's then it a, got pushed to now. That's a very Arrested Development thing. One of my favorite, uh, two two great like meta jokes in Arrested Development that are similar to that is... Um, when they went from season one to season two, they went from 22 episodes to 18 episodes. And Michael Bluth is working on this like new um, housing development. He's like, you know, they just they want us to do with 18 houses what we really should be able to do with 22 houses. <laughs> There's that. And then they had the whole Save Our Blues thing. Yep. Which is great. Yeah. Good show. So South Park, Butthole. Butthole's the name of your character. It has a, really? a really, it has a, like a super deep combat system, which is I guess it's like Fire Emblem. I've never played a Fire Emblem game. I've watched like someone Emblem. play it, and it's boring as shit. It um, looks like, a, honestly, from what I've seen, it looks like a smaller scale version of Mario Rabbids without like obstacles in the path and stuff. Uh, there, there are times when it has obstacles in it, but it's a small, definitely a smaller grid yeah. for that. But there are like, there's no like team based shit like Rabbids, mm-hmm. but there are a couple of obstacles. But the combat options are a lot more diverse. Yeah, whether it is like. Uh, confusing someone or attacking in an X pattern or mm-hmm. kind of turning invisible and barreling through people, knocking them back, things like that. So there's a, a lot of extra combat shit. You can, there are several points at which you'll be able to like choose different classes and things like that and meld moves from one to the other. But the combat is not what you play the game for. It's all about yeah. the humor, the social commentary, yeah, is, the fantastic shit from Mr. Mackey on your gender. They just keep exploring and and yeah, continually that. defining your gender throughout can the entire game. Can we talk about that game? joke for a second? Because I think that one joke is super funny just from what I've seen is that you can go to your this you're one of your teachers at any point and reassign your gender. Yep, just say, hey, I, de- I identify as something differently now. But hey, they'll call you back really into funny. the office several times throughout the game. And like mm-hmm. at first you're just saying boy, girl, whether you identify as cisgender or transgender. And then they're mm-hmm. like, well, who do you like now? They call you back a second time. Well, who do you like now? Do you, <laughs> do you find yourself attracted to people who identify as or might appear as girls? And then they like <laughs> put this giant scientific label on you and that defines a piece of you in your character sheet. That's hysterical. That's but so funny. Anytime you say something that might make him uncomfortable, he's like, oh, oh, okay, um. Uh, I'm going to go call your parents real quick. I'll be right back, okay? <laughs> so freaking funny. That's really uh, good. So, yes, every, if you are a South Park fan, you will and you can get all these little jokes all over the place. It's freaking hysterical. If you're not a South Park fan and you enjoy um, very witty and well-thought-out 
social commentary. You'll enjoy this game if you are very if easily offended. If you can offended, handle the lowbrow humor, um, like, there's some high, there's some like highbrow stuff in South Park. I'm aware of that. But, like yes. for me personally, I don't like the 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 more um, like lowbrow immature humor in it as well. Just know that a lot of your powers are based on farts. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that's the kind of stuff that like I'm like okay, like. But the fact I have a lot that... of respect for Matt for uh, Matt Parker and uh, is it Trey Stone? Trey Stone no, Matt Trey Parker, Parker yeah. Matt Stone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're obviously geniuses when it comes to yeah, like, just the amount of content they can write and how quickly. It's just when it's you start impressive. this game from the very beginning when you are choosing your appearance and you have that sliding scale where you can choose your skin color, and as you go towards more being black, they say. The, the darker your skin, oh, yes. the more difficult the game will be. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not going to affect combat at all. Just how much money you earn and every other aspect of your life. What, how people treat you and how people talk to you. And I think that is so fucking brilliant that that's their difficulty slider in this game. That's hysterical. That's the kind of stuff like they are obviously very yeah. smart, very witty people. That's And hysterical. also, like every side quest that you get from the police officers. Like the police are like, hey, you want to be a little deputy and they'll send you on these little side quests we got this king this crime kingpin and he's over here and he's at this location you go there he's like all right now we're gonna need you to infiltrate his house and you break into this guy's house and you find out it's just like this black guy enjoying dinner or a black guy <laughs> on an elliptical and he's like what the fuck are you doing in my house and they're like that's him get him and you start fighting him and he's like what are you doing i'm just defending myself and he like sticks his fork at you as he's eating he's like the cops are so fucking racist, and it's that's really it's, timely too. Like, I know, right? It's a video game. That's imp- that's really funny. There's stuff in here like fidget spinners are a part of it as part of like these artifacts. That pu- that Is it like a weapon you, you can use as a fidget spinner weapon? No, they're they're like power ups basically that increase okay. your might or different statistics. But that's hilarious. I think it's great. I think gameplay wise, there are a couple things like I enjoy how easy it is to try out every type of combat in the game mm-hmm. like you can choose a class and eventually you'll have a lot more to choose from but at any time you can go visit cartman and say hey i want to change my backstory quote unquote and mm-hmm. you can just choose a different class or double class and things like that and so it, it one of the things i i regretted about the first game not regretted but i wish that i would have been able to explore more is in the beginning of the game you choose whether you want to be like a mage a uh, warrior or a rogue or a jew and i you know <laughs> Right off the bat, you see Jew as an option, and you're like, obviously the game's tailored around being a Jew. There's no way I can't see how this game's going to unfold out if I choose Jew as my option. <laughs> so I go through the whole game, and you're locked into this one thing, and I'm like, well, I kind of wish I knew how it was to play as the other classes. So I love how easy it is to just switch up at any time in this mm-hmm. game, just like you can switch your gender at any time. Um, I do think it's way too easy. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, because yeah. for a comedy game, I think that kind of works, because... Like, imagine getting really frustrated on one part of the game, yeah, and you're just really pissed off. Any joke after that sequence is not going to land, because you're just kind of irritated from yeah that frustrating combat sequence. So I, yeah. I can understand that. That makes sense to me. It's super easy. Especially, are you familiar with, like, the Ubisoft... They change the name of it, like, every six months. But, like, the Ubisoft, like, in-game rewards... No, I think I'm now not. it's Ubisoft Club. Where, as you play Ubisoft games, you get Ubisoft points, as long as you're connected to the club. And then you can use those points to buy in-game items. Okay. Or, like, exclusive items that you couldn't get. So, like... Nintendo you, needs that. That sounds great. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But, so, I have played a few Ubisoft games in the past, so I started out the game with a collection mm-hmm. of points that I could spend on any Ubisoft game. 
So I right off the bat, I was like, oh, cool. There's a power up here, an artifact that I could buy. Awesome. And there's a, a hidden blade from, there's an Assassin's Creed costume. I was like, cool. And then you like, you get these super powerful items really in the beginning of the game. I'm like, well, not super powerful, but more powerful than I thought they were going to be. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this made the beginning of the game way too easy now. Yeah, something similar to that happened in Rabbids. Um, it's not like it was not the same thing you're talking about, but it's the, the if you pre-ordered the game, you got these like bonus kind of items you could use. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm not going to use those because they weren't intended for everyone to use in the beginning. So it's going to give me some, some sort of fair advantage, which means I'm not experiencing the game in its intended way. Right. And that kind of did the same thing with me. an amiibo. I unlocked some weapons early using a Mario amiibo. In what game? Rabbids. Oh, wait, no, Rabbids, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try to avoid that stuff. As much as, like, the Amiibos are cool for, like, just having a figure if you want to collect that character or something like that, I don't really use them in games that often. No. And I think that kind of, like, when you're talking about the Ubisoft points and getting new items, depending on how it gets handled, it can kind of break the game. Yeah. But it's optional. It's there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it a fuck ton. I'm laughing my ass off the entire way through it. I... As I said, I'm about 10 hours in, and from what I'm hearing, it's about like an 18 to 20 hour experience, which is about that's twice longer. as long as yeah, the first one. Yeah, that's longer than the first game, yeah. And um, if, you, if you're thinking about playing this game, I would just recommend, you could probably get the Platinum Trophy all in one go through if you just start as a black character and choose the hardest combat difficulty, because it's not going to be that hard anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably just recommend going that route, get it all knocked out in one pass through. Yeah. Cool, cool. So that's... Mostly what I've been playing. Well, I've been playing a game week. that is equally offensive. Yeah. One, it's two, switch. M- yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, no, I played the Super Mario Odyssey demo uh, yes, several, did, several times. <laughs> yes, you did. And we'll get to that, but because I played many other Mario games this week just in excitement for, uh, for playing uh, Odyssey coming up yeah. next week. So I played Super Mario 64 DS. The DS version of that game. Okay, okay. I played Super Mario Bros. 3. Oh, that's Super... your first time playing that one, isn't it? It is, yeah. In Super Mario uh, Land, which is... Did you beat Super Mario Bros. 3? No, I didn't. I, I just kind of, like, sampled all the games to kind of see, like, all right, gotcha. well, how's Mario been evolving over time? I want to Super, Super Mario, Mario Land, that's the Game Boy one, right? With the tiny sprite? I should just... I, sorry, I should just clarify. Super Mario 3D Land. I did okay, write 3D Land. in here. Um, so... We'll start with Super Mario Bros. 3. That game is awesome. Yeah, it is. Like, that is hands down the best of the NES Mario games, for sure. Yep. I would go as far as to say is what I thought was really special about Super Mario World on SNES is what is special about Super Mario uh, Bros. 3 on the NES. Like, having a map and, like, going through, like, the map and finding little secrets and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was all in Super Mario Bros. 3 before it was in Super Mario World. Super Mario World, in a lot of ways, is kind of like a prettier version of Super Mario Bros. Well, I like, 3. I like in World that it kind of expanded a little bit with secret exits that brought you to, like, Star yeah. World or the Special World and things like that, too. But, yeah, mm. this, that's kind of been built into Super Mario's DNA from the beginning is those platforming with the extra secrets, mm. and you can jump up and break the level and run all the way across and take a pipe to skip half the game or all the game if you want. There was uh, there was one moment that I really enjoyed in it, and it's that uh, it's like it was unexpected, and I wasn't expecting to see things that I wouldn't like. I just was kind of off the cuff and just kind of random for a Mario game. Yeah, um, I was very surprised. So I was in this level, and there was a sun. 
in oh, the sky. Oh, yes. And then I'm running, and all of a sudden, the sun starts to swoop down to try to get me. And I'm like, yep. whoa, it totally threw me off. And that, was, always, that was a great moment. I always save a P-Wing for that level, so I can just fly up above forever until I get to the very end. Oh, see, I didn't, ever, I didn't have P-Wings or anything like that. Because I didn't. Uh, I, it took me a while to realize that you would kind of get those bonuses, like uh, like um, the, the, the Chinooki suit or... Um, uh, like a firepower that you can yep. use before you go into a level, so you're set that way. I didn't figure that out until I was in World Three. Woof. Yeah, that's that game's the, hard. The World Three, that's the big world, right? Where I mean, they've all been pretty. Oh, um, or is that no. World Five? That's 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 the Water World. That oh. might be World Five. I didn't make it that far. Oh, gotcha. But it was just that was super fun, and then Super Mario 3D Land, which was the first Mario game I ever 100% completed. I just kind of went back to play that again, and it's such an underrated Mario game. It's so good. It's so good. So you you beat it completely, right? Not like all the coins, but like you beat all I, 16. I beat all the levels with Mario. I went back and played a few with Luigi, and I played a few of the special worlds. Okay, so the special worlds is where it gets really good. Because the worlds 1 through 8 are, they're fun, they're enjoyable, but they're, they're like the baby levels. Yeah. Like they're pretty easy. Matter of fact, I went through all 8 worlds getting all three of the coins and all the levels in the first try without losing a life all the way up to world eight i'm like you're so good Can and then you get your world... autograph <laughs> oh my god and then you get to the special worlds and it changes completely they remix the levels you kind of already know and they add all yeah. these twists on it like okay you have 30 seconds to beat this level and every time you beat an enemy you get 15 seconds extra on your on your clock those get really intense and then you have the Shadow Mario. So we do a Shadow Mario level. Yep, yep. Where Shadow Mario is chasing you. But then once you get like into the later, like Special World Seven, they give you both obstacles at the same time. So you have to collect the three. Um, you have to collect the times to, to make it uh, within thirty seconds, while Shadow Mario is chasing you. Yeah, it gets super super intense. One of them, Super Mario, uh, Shadow Mario is taller than you are. So you you have to be extra careful about how you're maneuvering you can't jump over him anymore it just it gets really really hard so i think it's a really underrated game there's also a really cool secret where if you beat every world all the special worlds get all the coins and all of them get the flagpoles the top of the flagpole on every level with mario and luigi then you unlock a special level that is super super hard it's the hardest Mario level I've ever played, hands down. There are platforms that are literally just one block. Like, one of, like, the question mark blocks. It's just, like, one of those, and you have to jump on a bunch of them in order to get to, like, where you need to go. It's that just sounds brutally like Holden's hard. favorite thing in the world. It's really fun. Like, I want to play one heart on Zelda and only use a sock as my weapon, and also oh, we'll I'm going to do a blindfold. I, I have a new one of those now. Oh, good. So, I played all that. And I'm like, cool, I want to play, like, an exploration 3D Mario game to kind of get, you know, re-familiar with that. So I, I I played Super Mario 64 DS on my 3DS, and good lord, is it horrible on the DS. Horrible? It, like, control-wise or ugly or... Control-wise. It looks better than the 64 version. Yeah. But control-wise, it is absolutely terrible because 64 was designed for the analog stick, which a right. DS doesn't have. So when you're using the circle pad in a 3DS, you're using it with up, down, left, right on a D-pad. It doesn't actually have any sort of variable control. Or um, oh, what's the term I'm looking for? But you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You can't use full 360. It's impossible. It is 
straight up impossible, I just stopped playing it. Like, I was so frustrated with it, I stopped. When has that ever happened with a Mario game? Like, that was such a poor choice. Maybe you're just bad at that Mario game. No, I've beaten it on 64 before and got everything. Yeah, but this one is Yoshi, so. That's true, which was annoying. You start the game, and you're like, I can't play Mario. Fuck, goddammit, it's Yoshi. (laughs) I don't want to play as Yoshi. (laughs) Um, But you can't play as Luigi, which is cool, because Luigi is like superpowers, basically. You can do this crazy jump where you jump really high in the air and then just twirl and float down slowly, which makes the platforming super easy. Yeah. But it's still fun. It's not a bad game. It's just the controls were abysmal. But one thing kind of stood out to me about how this is probably one of the Mario games that, for me, doesn't hold up nearly as well as other ones is that all the levels are so small. And you're doing pretty much... Like, you're just getting a start in a different location in the same world every time you go back into it. There's so little in that game if you go yeah. back. There's really not that much content. Like, it's if, all... Like, I mean, at the time, I think this is one of those games that at the time it is obviously totally. a marvel. And then yeah. I, by today's standards, we've improved upon that so much that, yeah, it's like, I appreciate it. Like Citizen Kane, it's like, what's so special about Citizen Kane? Yeah. It was like, well, it fucking pioneered a lot of filmmaking techniques. But mm-hmm. like everyone, every not the narrative movie, movie that comes out is just copying the visual styles of Citizen Kane. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, all of them. Um, so that was really frustrating. That bothered me. And then I was thinking, I didn't get a chance to play because I don't have my GameCube anymore, but everyone says that 64 is better than Sunshine. Sunshine's way better than 64. I don't know. I only played like an hour of Sunshine. And I know that you grew up with that and you're like, oh my God, I'm a Sunshine fanatic. And also, the Wii is the best. <laughs> I think it's like, I'm a Sunshine. Oh my God, I'm a Sunshine. No, because you're a baby and that's what you grew up with. So of course you're going to have yep. an affection for that. But it, it's it plays better. It looks better as whatever, but it's just it's a more fun environment. I mean, the the Peach's Castle is more iconic. I will not deny yeah. that. But I think that Isle Delfano is a cooler location for Mario. People kind of keep saying, "Oh man, Odyssey has all these crazy, really bizarre, unique locations." I'm like, so is Sunshine. Sunshine was super different from Mario games. There's nothing else, anything like Sunshine. And the flood pack was just fun. The levels were huge, and I had the same problem of, like, you are kind of going to the same places to do the same things. Yeah. In 64, you're doing the same thing in Sunshine, but Mario Odyssey, if we're going to get to that now, doesn't. Play it. I mean, tell me about your playtime with it. So good. So have you got a chance to play it? It's not like any I mean, game. No, I have not, but I feel like you for the last waiting? 12 minutes, everyone's just like, hey, hold and shut up about whatever you're talking about and tell me about Mario Odyssey. <laughs> All right, so Mario Odyssey is... Is great. It immediately alleviates my main complaint of 3D Mario games, exploration ones where you have to go to, the, you're in the same world all the time. There are just so many moons everywhere. I was constantly finding them. It was really fun to be like, oh, look, there's that cactus over there. It has a little, like, patch on it. I wonder if I can throw my cap at it. You throw your cap at it, and then you become a cactus, and you're just kind of, like, shuffling around. And when you move out of the way, the ground is sparkling where the cactus was, and you do a ground pound there, and you get a moon. And it's like yeah. you're just hidden in small ways like that. They said that there's clo- like as many moons in that one as Korok seeds. We'll get to that. I actually have a new story about that. Um, so it, it was just super, super good. It is the best controlling Mario game I've played before. It's just so fluid. It's I think it's, how did you play it? Pro controller. So I played it, so this is kind of my one complaint about it. So I played it with, because they only had the Joy-Con grip and Joy-Cons. Okay. If you play it with a Joy-Con grip or the Pro Controller, you are actually missing out on certain control options. 
they kind of want you to play this with the Joy-Con separately. Which means that handheld modes kind of suffer as well. So, like, the difference is that when you're using it in the Pro Controller mode, you can hit the yellow, uh, the yellow button, the Y button, to throw your cap, right? Throw cappy. But it only goes forward. If you're using the motion controls, you can make them spin around you, full 360. You can, like, have them do this rolling move where, like, rolls on the ground and comes back to you really quickly. You can, like, throw them up in the air to get things. Like, you have so much more hmm. control over Cappy, but only if you're using the Joy-Con separately. There has to be some way around that with the Pro Controller. They, they can't have just I mean, isolated that. Or even I a had, handheld mode. Yeah, I mean, I was playing it in, like, a 10-minute demo increments. Played it for yeah. a lot more than 10 minutes. But it was in 10-minute <laughs> increments. Um, so it was it was really, really solid. It was in the Sand Kingdom, and that was a fun level to a fun level to kind of demonstrate it with. A, because yeah. things you kind of had already seen before, but they let you kind of go anywhere. And I was able to find some things that, that they hadn't shown in the game. There was um, this one part where, you know the bullet bills, and you can yeah. capture the bullet bills. You're kind of capturing the bullet bills, then navigating this maze before it blows up on its on itself. And there are just so many hidden locations you can go to if you go to the different part of the maze. And it was just kind of cool that they're they're kind of perfecting that sense of what makes Mario games so good is that they're accessible, easy games if you want them to be. But if you want to get everything, yeah, then you have to like really do some tough tough shit. So it's really solid from beginning to end. Everything I played, I really enjoyed. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to be a game I'm going to be playing for months. Just, oh, I'm going to go get a, a couple moons today, or I'm going to go yep. in here and explore this level that I haven't they're, kind of They're at. everywhere. And it's funny because I played it, and I'm like, oh, man. I, so I challenged myself, and I'm like, how many moons can I get in one little run-through? And the max I got was like eight. I got eight how moons. How many times did you play this fucking 10-minute demo? Only four times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is still a lot. I'm just imagining um, you at this GameStop kiosk, and there's like a crowd of 10-year-old boys like, I want to play it. Mommy, make him stop. You're like, shut up, kid. <laughs> Shoving Cheetos in your mouth and that drooling. That kind of happened. And... That kind of happened. We'll get to that shortly. Awesome. So, um, so I got eight moons, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm really, really pumped about that. I feel really good about my eight moons I got. Do you know what the record is for the most moons collected in that 10-minute period? No. 23. Woof. <laughs> Craziness. But I watched that video, and they're like, there are moons everywhere, like places I wouldn't have even thought to go. And I'm not going to spoil where those locations are for people who want to play the game, but I was really surprised. They are littered all over the place. In 10 minutes, he was able to get 23 moons. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, but did, can I answer your question of, like, with the little kids around me? So I was I was playing it, and this little kid is watching me, and I'm like, oh, he wants to play Mario. I'll let him play after this. And he looks up to me, and he goes... And he's saying how he's excited about Mario. He can't wait to get a Switch. He's going to get a Switch one day. And he looks up, and he goes... Do you want to play one two switch? <laughs> <laughs> like of all the games that are on this system, there was like a Mario Kart demo, there was Zelda to play, they had Hyrule, um not Hyrule Warriors, um Fire Emblem Warriors. They had basically every single Switch game you could want. Pokémon and he's like, "Do you want to play one two switch?" Got to milk I that was, cow, go to jail. I I like smirked a little bit. Like I'm like, "Oh my god, this kid wants to play a dumb game." And I'm like, "Sure, we can do that." And then we left to go play the one two switch and it wasn't available for demo just to show up at the kiosk and i'm like thank god because <laughs> i really don't want to play that game again and then he had to go good fuck yeah. that kid because i'm not playing one two switch so You're a terrible person 
I'm a terrible person. So I think that brings me right into my first news story because there's it's a lot of game talk we just did. All right. And it's related to Odyssey. So I think it's a okay. good first story. Go, go, go. Super Mario Odyssey leaked online. So the people have been playing it and they have been sharing uh, video clips and like they've announced all the kingdoms now. So every kingdom is now out there, even the one Nintendo did not announce. Um, are you okay with Because I know you're avoiding spoilers. Are you okay with me sharing the number of kingdoms? Sure. There are 14 kingdoms. So cool. eight have been cool, shown. Cool, 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 and there's cool. 14 in total, which is pretty cool. And there are some that are sizable. It's not like they're small. But the cool thing is there's two extra ones as well. So like 14 is the main story. Yeah. And there's a, a an extra kind of like post-game one, like the special world kind of thing. I won't rule yeah. what it is. But of course I looked at all the stuff to so know everything now. Of course you did. I didn't look at the final boss. I didn't look at what the final level and all that looked like. But I, I kind of saw what all the worlds were. And in the, the kind of post-game world... Um, Cappy says, oh, if you collect this many uh, moons, then there's another world. And based on what this post-game world is, it's highly suggestible about what the second post-game world is. So that's pretty, pretty cool. And then also the number of moons. So it's kind of funny to read on Reddit, and people are kind of saying, oh, okay, so based on what we've done so far, here's a tally of moons we think that there are. And it started around like 450. And I'm like, okay, that's not like... Korok seed level. That's still enough. Definitely yeah. enough. And then updated again. Okay, there's actually like 500. All right, there's actually 600. And now it's up to like 780 something. There's yeah. an insane amount of moons in this game. Yeah, there's that the review that leaked online uh, last time we talked had yeah. mentioned that it was a it, they estimated around 900 like Korok seeds. Yeah. Which is massive. I mean, that is the largest Mario game hands down. Yeah, it's basically like coins. They might as well no, just replace coins is. with moons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's um what was I gonna say on that topic? Oh yeah, so like if even sixty four in Mario sixty four, it was like hundred and twenty moons to beat the game or stars to beat the game. Yeah. And hundred and fifty in total, I think. And I wanna say that Super Mario Sunshine was the same way. So this is significantly larger than the other exploration-based Mario games. This is really yeah. exciting. And I'm not going to ruin the names, but like if you want to go online and look at the names of these kingdoms, it's very, very easy to find. You can literally just go to Google and type in Super Mario Odyssey Kingdoms Leaked. You'll find all of them. Uh, and there are some really cool-sounding ones. Is that how Google works? You just it, type in what you Google, want? And it's oh really amazing, and it just comes to you. So Mario Leaked Online... I'm, I know Chad wants to avoid spoilers, so I won't. I go do. Too I just want to. I just want to explore it all and experience it for myself once on my save file. <laughs> Not have to do it all again. I can't. Because if I find twenty three moons in ten minutes, that's twenty three more moons I'm gonna have to find again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's stick with Switch for a little bit. I have. I have. Uh, I have a lot of um, Switch stuff too. Yeah. One thing I do want to point out: there's a new Nintendo Switch update, firmware four point It's a great released. update. It is Came a great update. Uh, it allows you kind of the most important things. One. Allows you to save, to transfer save data and mm -hmm. user data between switches. Yeah. Still not exactly like a cloud syncing option. No. For if you lose your switch. But if you have two switches side by side and you want to move your information from one to the next, you can like. like you got one, your brother didn't have one yet, so he's been playing a save on your switch. Now you can just transfer it over. Yeah. Or you break and shatter your screen and you want to move that information over to your new switch. I was thinking about that. Like if your switch submerged in water. Or something like that. It's complete. Nope. You're just done at that point. Yeah. You're done. Yep. So uh, allows you to do 30 seconds of video capture. Here's one I haven't. I haven't tried it yet. Have you tried the video capture yes, yet? I have. 
It now it said by holding down the button, you don't have to hold it for the full thirty seconds. No, no. So what? So it it works kind of similarly to uh, PlayStation's, where you say capture the video and it just captures the last fifteen minutes of video. It just captures the last thirty seconds. It's okay, kind of like, good, oh, good. that was really cool, and you can just capture and then you got it. Cool, 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 cool. And it doesn't. Cool, I, cool, I turned it out. Cool, cool. You only have to hold it down for like a second. It's really quick. It's basically tap is to take a picture. Just a picture, yeah. Hold and that's it. You're done. Cool. It's really quick. Uh, one so, thing that I love, although it's still kind of limited, is that and gadget reports is another feature that's kind of that wasn't like kind of kept a secret, but it wasn't like really made big. But it's that it now supports wireless USB headphones. Yes. So if you have like a, any any headphones that like a PlayStation Gold headset where you plug in a little USB part and then it transmits it wirelessly, fact, you can that do that to the dock. That headset specifically does work. Yeah. So but, very cool. It has to plug into the dock, so you can't use it in, like, handheld mode or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I was realizing that as a limitation because um, I, I've kind of liked playing with headphones recently. Yeah. But if I want to play with headphones on my Switch, I have to do it in handheld mode. There's no way of plugging the Switch into the TV and playing with headphones. Now that there's a huge demand for that feature. Well, a lot of TVs have Bluetooth capability now where you could just sync your Bluetooth headphones with it. So that's sync true. your AirPods with your TV. Huh? That's true. That's true. There's a uh, kind of a small feature too that's not getting notoriety, but it's a big deal to me. Okay. Um, and that's gameplay times. So if you go in to see how much time you've spent in oh. each game, it's made that a little bit better. And so what how it used to work is it would just say you've been playing this for a little while up until you reached yeah. five hours. Now it'll say you've been playing this game for two hours, three hours, four hours, then five, good. and then in ten minutes, yeah. then, in, then in five hour increments. So it's not as good as the 3ds or the Wii U where it told you like this is how many minutes you've been playing this game. Yeah. But it's still better. I hated that, like, I knew I put in at least four hours in the Snake Pass, but it still said, you played it for a little bit. I'm like, I didn't play the game for a little bit. I put four hours in that game. <laughs> Give and me I the want... credit where credit is due. I do not want to go back to that game so I can get more credit. I'm done playing that game. But now it says the four hours, and I'm happy. So, yeah, good update. Small little update. Yep. It's good. Yep. yep. Um, there's also some Making new stuff. Making strides to being, like, a good system, like it should have been at launch. I actually don't have this in my notes here, but I think there's also, and I want to look in this, I'll look this up right now, but I'm pretty sure there's also pre-order and pre-load games now. Oh, yeah, for certain games. Mario, curiously, is not one of those games. Probably just because it's coming out so soon, they didn't want to, yeah. like, mess up that launch, which is fine. Yeah. I'll be getting mine at 9, uh, 9 p.m. anyway on Thursday night, so. Well, you'll be getting the code at 9 p.m. on Thursday night. No, I'm Or did you do I physical? Could, I did physical, yeah. Nice. I did physical really just so I could pick it up earlier. <laughs> nice. Totally short-term thinking, but one on what? That's how I want to do it. And then you're going to pre-order that iPhone 10, right? At 3 a.m. God, no, I'm not. I am. For any, <laughs> if, I know you are. I don't, you're not, I don't think you're dumb for getting one. I just don't want that phone. I know I'm, you don't. I'm very curious to see how it plays out. But that's not a... We're not a technology podcast. No, we're not. Shut up. Get out. So... Let's see, I have a few more Nintendo stories, so let's do those, and then we can move on. Cool. I have 11 news stories this week. I have a lot. I think I have a lot, too. I'm not going to count them, just because my news app is freaking out, or my news note is freaking out a little bit, but... Well, let's yeah. talk about them, that Switch software update happened. Let's talk a little bit about Switch hardware and how well it sold last September. Well, let me guess. It's the best again. The best again, but by a lot. So it sold, so of hardware sales... Yeah. Two thirds last uh, month were Switch. 
Nice, nice, nice. That nice, includes nice. like um, handhelds, includes the SNES Classic, and all PlayStations, all Xboxes. So that's pretty good. It basically yeah. means that the Switch is available. But yeah, one they're finally thing, ramping up some production. In my kind of dwellings on Reddit and just my own experiences, every store I went to when I was playing the Mario Odyssey demo all had a plentiful of stock of Switches. Good. Um, and what I'm reading online is that people are kind of saying, yeah, some areas don't have them and it's still impossible. Yeah. Some areas you can walk in your store and they're just not selling. Right. I mean, you're in Rhode Island and no one likes living there. So they're. <laughs> the economy is terrible here, to be fair. <laughs> we have a very. We have the highest unemployment rate. So people don't have jobs to pay for switches. So, <laughs> so that's the thing. But I don't know. It's. um. I have this kind of like concern that they're going to ramp production up to 2 million and then all of a sudden they're not going to sell as well. I don't know. Holiday's coming up, huh? I know. I just, and like I you said, that little that, like, boy behind you is like, I can't wait to get a Switch. Like, mom's obviously thinking Christmas. Or yeah. Hanukkah. Or Kwanzaa. Or Kwanzaa. Totally. Or all three. Or all three. That's right. I celebrate all three. Yeah. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I celebrate Maybe mom's year. a Christian, dad's a Jewish person, and they're both black. So, <laughs> that's a thing. That's how it works. Black people celebrate Kwanzaa. That's how it works. Yeah, that's exactly how it works, right? I don't think that's how it works, Chad. <laughs> I don't think that you know how life works. That's a valid point. I don't know how life works, but I do know how Nintendo is approaching the Nintendo Switch with mature games now. Boo. Bad segue. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get us out of that. <laughs> Better than any segue I've ever done, but bad segue. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Nintendo is wanting... Actually, where was the story? I just had it. Yeah, they're encouraging more mature titles on the Switch. Mature as in, like, mature porn? Absolutely, like yes. Old mature people? porn. Yep. No, okay. they just want to have more like games like Doom and like the Wolfenstein game coming out. They want more okay. adult-geared games Yep, on there. Speaking of Doom... Has a release date. Wait, 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 November 10th. My mom's mm-hmm. birthday. Doom is coming out on my mom's birthday. Just what she wanted. She's going to get it. Is she going to get it for her? Are you going to get her Switch no. and Doom? That'd no. be really funny. Mom, just by coincidence, it happened to come out today. I knew you really wanted it. Here's a Switch. <laughs> I do remember as a kid, I used to, I wrote, I made her a Mother's Day card once. And on the Mother's Day card, I like typed it all up in Microsoft Word and used that crazy ass disgusting looking word art all over the place in different fonts (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) And I said. And a gradient? Isn't a gradient too, right? Oh, there's gradient. Yep. And I was like, hey mom, I love you. I can't wait for us to maybe play Banjo-Tooie together. <laughs> My mom fucking never played Nintendo 64 with me. She never knew how to work a joystick. That's not a euphemism. That's hysterical. And, but and then I was just like, "Hey, you want to get me this game and then maybe we can play it together for Mother's Day?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey mom, for Mother's Day, do you want to get me an N64? <laughs> <laughs> I had a good mom. I had an N64 already. Oh, okay. And obviously I'd already played Banjo-Kazooie. And I was waiting for Tui. Do you know who else is releasing games on Switch? Who? Sony. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, a division of Sony. A division of Sony, yeah. So Sony Music Entertainment is going to start releasing some games. Their first game is going to be called Tiny Metal, and it's a military turn-based strategy game. This is interesting, I think. It's that not... sounds like a what the fuck is happening over there, and who is not talking to whom? I think 
it's kind of funny that of all the companies who've been against cross-platform, it's been Sony. So, but, but here's the thing: it's not it's Sony Music, yeah. not PlayStation, that's making this game. Totally. But what yeah. I'm thinking is the most successful branch of Sony is the PlayStation branch. That is the mm-hmm. one that is consistently making a profit. Why the fuck are they making a game publishing studio in the music division that is completely separate from all of the talent and resources that they have in the PlayStation division? I think they think it's a so marketing stupid. move where, oh, we'll let people who don't know about Sony, PlayStation, get Sony games and then realize, oh my gosh, I can get a system dedicated to Tiny Metal. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I think it's a... Like, it's a weird move. I don't understand it at all. I it's don't very understand strange, it. yeah. It'd be like it'd be like Microsoft saying we're gonna release some games on the PlayStation. I guess they they have to do Minecraft. That doesn't really count. Well, it was all released then before Microsoft bought it too. Yeah, they could have pulled it. So it's no longer available though. Yeah, but that that'd be reduce, reducing access to like the most successful game of all time. Oh yeah, so. it'd be really stupid of them. But they could have done it. They could have. It, you're right. It could have right. been a that possibility exists. Yeah. Speaking so, of PlayStation, something I thought was really really exciting is that on PlayStation Blog last week, they posted an article saying, hey, here are 60-plus games coming to PlayStation VR through early 2018. And there's a lot of really good shit on that list. Coming Whether it's a supermassive game, 60-plus games mm. coming to PSVR in the next few months through early 2018. Wow. I just think it's really exciting that we not only see like support from developers, but then there's a big push from Sony saying, hey... There's a shit ton of games coming out in the next few months, and we're kind of shining a light on them. I thought that was really cool. I'm very excited. So, yeah, go to PlayStation Blog. There's a huge list. Chad um, likes VR. I do. I like VR a lot. Holden doesn't want to spend the money on it, so he's using that as an excuse to hate it. I don't hate it. I'm just waiting. I, yeah, did, I, I did have a moment where I realized, wow, VR is totally going mainstream now. Yep. Uh, there's this place in Rhode Island called Job Lot, and it's like a... Uh, like a bargain store kind of thing. And you walk in and the very first thing I see is VR headset for $10. I'm like, and it's a, a Google Cardboard, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a Google Cardboard kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, like they're really pushing VR everywhere now. Yeah. It's a thing. And they had one that was $20 and it had Whoa. headphones built in. Whoa, I'm sure they were great too. Great headphones. Yeah, very good headphones. You can't get a good pair of a good pair of headphones for $20, really. Let alone a VR headset that has headphones built into it for the same <laughs> price. <laughs> um, before we move away from Nintendo too quickly, I have one more Nintendo story. Wait, you brought us away from Nintendo to begin with. Holden, tell me your story. My story is that Ultra, the story, um, and Ultra Moon have been announced by Game Freak to be the last Pokemon RPGs on the 3DS. Good. Let that system die. Which I think means next year is going to be a break. And then we're going to get the Pokemon Switch game in 2019. Yes, 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 yes. But here's something that made me think, well, maybe not. They also said that um, they only had 80 people working on Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which was half the team working on Sun and Moon. So if they're not working... It's basically just an expansion upon what they've already created. No, totally. But that means that they've had the other half of... If you think about it, like they have... I assume Game Freak is really just one large team because they basically make Pokemon games. Yep. So if they had 160 people working on... Holden. On Sun and Moon. I know how much you want this Pokemon game to come out in 2018. 
I do want to come on. And no matter and how much digging and guessing you do, it's not going to happen. It don't and know. Metroid Prime are 2019 at the very earliest. Metroid Prime definitely is not coming out next year. I will give you that. <laughs> they basically said, hey, guys, by the way, we've had some meetings. That was the announcement. We've we, had some uh, meetings. took an old Metroid Prime logo and we switched the three to a four. <laughs> we got the logo from IGN. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, remember that Okami story? Yeah, it's the Okami story when they yeah. they shipped the game with an IGN watermark on it because they just stole the picture from IGN.com and printed it. It's like, dude, you work for the company that made the image that IGN got it from. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, man. All right, so that's the last Nintendo story I have. Let's okay. move on to real gaming companies now. The last, <laughs> the last Sony studio, or the last one I have. It's, I can say that because cool I'm a huge Nintendo fan. You can. Uh, I thought it was cool that Sony announces a mini PS4 controller for kids. Yeah, I saw that. Smaller. Not only it's helps wired. kids, but also helps. It is wired, yeah. Also helps um, those with disabilities, too, can be helpful with the smaller controller. So that's cool. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's it. That's my last Sony one. I have a lot more stories. Okay, go. I mean, I'm I have surprised a couple, that I have you're missing studio. a story on here. I'm not. I that did not say that's my last story. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Because I'm like, there's one story in here that's huge. So that's my last Sony story. Okay. So I, I have a small story here, and that's just okay. that on October 24th, there's going to be some new Hitman content announced. That's today, tomorrow, oh, Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. New announced. Okay. And now I just think it's going to be like either some a new map or something like that, or they might announce the new season. Season two, who knows? We'll see. I doubt it, but I'm curious what it is. <laughs> they might announce uh, an assassin in real life. They and, might, uh, yeah. They might come his to identity. Your house I mean, it probably won't, you. but they could. It's like, is that mom? Oh my god, it's not my mom. It's 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 Hitman. He's gonna, Agent Forty Seven. He's gonna kill me. <laughs> oh, that was really bad. I called the main character Hitman. That's like saying, yeah, oh, you are you playing a Zelda right now? Yeah, it's the same thing. You oh, are. that's shameful. I have two more small updates just because okay. they're just kind of the same along the same lines. Microsoft has pledged uh, to update Halo Collection to uh, Xbox One X support by fall of next year. There's cool. going to be a cool. beta in spring, which is kind of weird to have a beta, a beta for, for an update for yeah. 4K support. Okay. Also, the game's been out since 2014. Kind of weird. Yeah. So that's strange. Okay. And then CD Projekt uh, commented on Cyberpunk 2077 and just said it's going along smoothly. Yep. Great. We have nothing more to announce. <laughs> we have nothing That's more it. to announce. Game is still going. Game is still going. They, they, had, they had some allegations of like poor employee relations kind of thing going on within the company. Right. And they just kind of came out and said, hey, guys, things are fine. Speaking of uh, games that are not going, Uh-oh. EA shutters Visceral Studios. This is upsetting. Yeah. This was, I think, both of our most anticipated games uh game four in, in the star wars uh universe yeah absolutely mostly i obviously because i love amy hennig who mm-hmm. is who left naughty dog after writing uncharted one two and three and starting on four she left naughty dog to join ea to write this single player focused story-based game in the star wars universe thought it was gonna be amazing and it's visceral games the people who made dead space which is one of my favorite horror things of all yep. time horror properties not just games but horror properties and uh, EA has shuttered those, and Visceral Games is now being dispersed among other places. Amy yeah. Hennig, there's an update from uh, EA responded to IGN's request for comment in regard to Hennig's standing with the project, saying the company is, quote, in discussions with Amy about her next move. What quote. that interpretation is, we don't want to work with her anymore, so we're trying to figure out how to let go of her. <laughs> That's really no, what that sound, means. It's, it's, she's, it definitely sounds like she's not on the project anymore. Yeah. Um. 
So the I game itself, the game itself, EA, like their reasoning for shuttering the studio, uh, in a blog post on EA, that EA Vice President EA of EA, Patrick Soderlin, announced that Visceral's linear story-based action-adventure game will now be developed across EA's worldwide studios, with EA Vancouver leading the production. And instead of making the linear story-based game, the title will be reshaped to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, leaning into the capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give Star Wars players an adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. Yeah, so basically they had an Uncharted-style action game in the Star Wars universe, and they kind of want to turn it into Destiny. Yeah, everyone's saying it was, it's almost hands down going to be a Destiny in the Star Wars universe. From a business perspective, that makes a lot of sense. But from a gamer's perspective, I think this is a huge letdown. The Uncharted games are just such good experiences, and it's th- that style of game isn't just for you know treasure hunters and stuff like that. Like that could really have lended itself really well to a really cool like epic action Star or Star Wars adventure. Right? And, and this is what everyone's been asking for. Yeah. For years yeah, from when Star Wars 1313 yep, was announced. I was going to say. Yeah. Years ago. When that when that that like it wasn't even show, it was just gameplay. I'm like that's the game I want to play right there. Like yep. one game right now that's what I want to play. And I was so yep. blown away by that experience. And to this day that demo still looks really great. Yep. They canned that, that one game too. Got, that game got canned, and then this one coming like what has it now been three or four years since Amy Hennig started on this game? Yeah, and it was originally they even projected... showed a slight clip of footage of it last year. They did, yeah. Oh, it's they were projecting 2019 as the release date for this one, and they've now said that this it's going to delay it obviously into an indefinite timeline. Like that's so much time and resources on a game that everyone wanted <laughs> to now go towards making it more like a Destiny clone, which is, yeah, it's making money right now, and it's kind of the big hit thing, but by the time this comes out in 2020 or 2021, like, is that still going to be a fad that people are playing? Is that what people are going to want? Yeah. Well, Destiny's supposed to be a 10-year game, and we're already about, what, three or three or so years into that now? Yeah, Destiny 1 was supposed so, to be a 10-year game, wasn't it? No, but they said 10 years, so the whole Destiny experience is going to be 10 years, including the four sequels. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm so bummed about this because why couldn't we, I know like business money and that kind of stuff, but like, why couldn't we have both? Why couldn't have been like, we want to make this, right. let's make it from the ground up. And I'm like, Hey, well, we have all these assets for this other game that was going to be awesome. Let's just scrap that awesome thing and make something else that's going to make us a boatload of money. Yeah. These are decisions that kind of piss off gamers. People are still going to, they're going to forget though. And they're going to buy the Star Wars game when it, when it comes out. So it's not yeah. really going to matter to EAA, but it's, it's a bummer to kind of. I mean, fans of any Hennig and, and Hennig to play and, devil's advocate. Yeah, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes of the the scenes of the game. It could have just been not coming along very well at all. They well, could have. I mean, it could have been a massive come out Andromeda that, was, that they're like, "Hey, we don't want to have another Andromeda on our hands and release something subpar. Maybe we'll just nip it in the bud yeah. now and reappropriate." But if a subpar Star Wars game came out, oh my gosh, there's never been a subpar Star Wars game before. It's <laughs> never happened. Too. So, but there are some developers that have kind of come out and said the game was really fun. It was funny. It was exciting. It was action packed. Like they were coming out saying good things about it. That usually doesn't happen after something like this. Yeah, like developers are coming out to say it was great. It was. It just. This seems like a business decision. Poor Amy Hennig too. Like, yeah. gets halfway through doing Uncharted Four, leaves that project. Gets halfway through doing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. 
studio gets shut down. Another thing, too, is I think this kind of takes away from gaming being a storyteller's medium. Yeah. Like, I, there's no way they're going to be able to keep any kind of semblance of whatever narrative she wrote in a Destiny-style experience. Yeah. That's a bummer. But we still have developers who make storytelling-styled games, so this is going to be fine. But Yeah. It just Upsetting. sucks. That's, that's the Star Wars game everyone was so fucking excited. I mean, Battlefront mm-hmm. 2, yeah, it looks fun, but everyone yeah. was super pumped for yeah. this one. We have another company that made some questionable business moves, I think. Go. Did you hear about Activision's patent? You heard I about did, this? yeah. This is a bummer. So I'm going to lay it out. So basically, the, they have a patent on matchmaking that links to loot boxes, which was a big topic uh, last, uh, last week's episode. So... Basically, how it works is they want to have matchmaking done where you are a junior player who's like newer gets matched with an expert player who has better weapons. And the idea is going to encourage them to buy loot boxes and stuff that are or new equipment that will make them better. Like, oh man, I really sucked, but if I do, if I buy the stuff, then I'll do better. And then what they do when you buy the stuff is they then match you with players who have equipment types that you are super effective towards. Right. So that you or immediately match you on a feel, map that works well. So you immediately feel like, oh, man, I'm doing so much better. This is great. Man, buying this is so worth it. And then after a while, they start to match you with people who are much better than you so that you're more inclined to buy stuff again. And it just, right. it's just so shitty. Kind of the example that they used was you're playing a game against a person who has a really great sniper rifle. And at the mm-hmm. end of it, they're like, this person killed you a lot. They have this sniper rifle. Do you want to buy that gun? And you say, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, he was doing really good. He had that gun. You buy it. Great. The next match they map you they match you up on, they give you either shittier opponents to play against or a map where that sniper rifle works really, really great. And then suddenly you feel like, oh, my God, that validates my purchase. I'm suddenly now really good now that I have this gun. I'm going to buy more shit that it suggests to me so that I'm even better at this game. But then, yeah, it goes in there and is like, oh, cool. Well, now that you feel comfortable with that weapon, here are some people that are going to kick your ass with a shotgun. Do you mm-hmm. want his shotgun? You're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I do want his shotgun. And it's just like a never-ending cycle and of... Eventually, when you get to a point where you bought all the guns, you're like, oh, cool, I have this shotgun. Well, here's someone who has a better shotgun. Do you want to <laughs> buy this better shotgun? My kid, this is in there. It's so fucking gross. Like, it's really gross. Like, it it takes the competitive element out of the games when stuff like this happens. Yeah. It's just it's a huge they were, bummer. They were saying, like, they applied for the patent back in 2015. It just got approved, like, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not actually in any games right now. Yeah. So nothing you're playing is affected by this at all. It's just a patent that they own. They don't even necessarily mm-hmm. have to use it at all. But, I mean, being yeah. Activision, I could I mean, definitely this see could that be popping up in a Call of Duty. This could be patched in. This yeah. doesn't have to be part of the nature of the game entirely. Yeah. So we'll see. It's fucking gross. I'm bummed about it. It's not cool. Yeah. I think that's all my stories. Yeah, that's all my stories too, yeah. Oh, no. Actually, one small thing I did want to point out. (laughs) No, you don't get a chance to talk about that. You said you were done. Epic Games is suing Fortnite cheaters. Oh, I heard about this. uh, violated the terms of service. I think that's just really cool that aside from, like, Mm -hmm. saying, hey, while you play this game, you won't have access to this if you have a pirated copy. Or if you're cheating, then this is going to happen in the game. Like... They're legit going after them and saying, hey, you're changing our source code, and that's a uh, thing against our terms of service, and we're going to fire, or we're going to we're gonna find you for it and sue you for it. I think it's Which really cool. It encourages healthy competition, unlike the Activision stuff. Exactly, yep. That's so good for it. Good for Epic. I'm really, yeah. really happy that's happening. So, yeah. So, we're going to go into our 
topic of the week. Topic of the week. Week, week. That's so, a, it's a pig squeal now. It's week, a little bit early to week. be talking about this because the four-year anniversary technically hasn't happened yet. But with Mario coming and the Xbox One X coming immediately after, yeah. this is kind of the best time to talk about it. Yeah. So we're four years now into the current gen. Woo! So just wanted to kind of just celebrate that a little bit. Talk about yeah. what we've enjoyed. Happy that fourth kind of birthday. Stuff. You guys are Happy going to kindergarten day. next year. <laughs> so every we had a podcast uh, discussion once we talked about what constitutes a gaming generation and yeah. what distinguishes generation by generation from each other. What do you like? What do you think was the promise of this generation that distinguishes it from the last generation, and and has it lived up to that? I think a big part of it was online connectivity and sharing mm-hmm. with your friends, and that's kind of what everyone's yeah. been touting as the major features of. I would at agree, least for the yeah. PS4 and, and Xbox One. Yeah, I'm not counting Nintendo as much into this because they're also they're kind of halfway in between that. Path. They're also yeah. halfway in between that, yeah. And they also don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think you're about right. I kind of wrote the cloud was the big thing. Yeah. Which allows for like game sharing. Game sharing is very cool, but I kind of think on both accounts, it's kind of a dud. Like, do you ever do game sharing? How often? I've done do it you... occasionally. I've never done it once. I've done it where uh, I was stuck in a boss on Bloodborne and I turned the controller over to my friend who lives in Boston and he beat it for me. Uh, I've also just like peeked in on a friend who was playing a game and was like, hey, I miss you. You mind if I just watch you play some games while I like doodle on the couch or something like that? I mean, that sounds really dirty now that I say that out loud, but (laughs) it was a cool way to kind of collect and just chat. It was like, oh man, that was really cool what you just did there. Um, So I've used them a couple times. I don't think I've ever used this like game sharing like multiplayer features where mm-hmm. you could share the same game with someone yeah. far even if they don't own it. But I think the I think Sony has been a lot more successful at this than Xbox has because yeah. Sony has the benefit of uh, PlayStation Now and not so much the subscription um, subscription streaming streaming component, but more of the a remote play. Sorry, is the thing I'm talking about, not, not PlayStation Now. Where you have a Vita, you want to play Blood... So like you would come over to my house, we play Bloodborne together, and then you would just play in your Vita, and then I was on my on my TV. Yeah. And you kind of play online that way, because you were remotely connecting to your, your PlayStation 4. That, I think, it was there in PlayStation 3, but now it's ubiquitous. Now it is yeah. every game, you can do it everywhere all the time. Xbox has something similar now where you can, like, Xbox... You can play, you can stream your games or certain games oh, you? through your Windows 10 PC or something like that. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't have a Windows 10 PC or an Xbox, so I, I can't speak on that definitively. Yeah, I don't have any Microsoft at all. But I think kind of the biggest thing that came out of it uh, is streaming culture. Yeah. Is huge. I mean, there, it was, it's been there for a little bit on PC, but yeah, PC having that readily available and built into the system, mm-hmm. like being able to stream straight with your PlayStation camera to Twitch. Yeah, it is really given birth to Twitch itself has been become become successful because of it. Like mm-hmm. you now, instead of just reading a view review, you can go watch somebody play this game, and it's totally. given birth to a, a brand new type of gamer who might mm-hmm. not even play video games that often, mm-hmm. but they consume so many hours of content of just watching people like PewDiePie, that unfortunate racist, and uh, <laughs> all these other <laughs> like big profile gamers just playing things, and it's a kind of weird hybrid between like television and gaming and let's play is huge yeah and let's play is like all of that culture it's is all bigger than hollywood now or something like that is what i was reading it's crazy yeah it's like massive. and it really gained steam because of the built-in inherent capabilities of these new consoles and their 
ability to share and stream online. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. I think if you don't do that stuff, though, games are kind of the same. Yeah, in the sense I mean, it's a lot like, of the same, just prettier, maybe. A little yeah, because like the the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 generations, I think really brought in open world games in a big way. Like you had yeah. it with GTA on the PlayStation 2, but it really became notable and much more worthwhile and like full fledged on the last gen systems. Yeah, and we haven't really seen a genre get created like that this generation. Like we did last. I guess you could say we've seen a lot more artsy games, and I think that indie games has also kind of become much more prevalent. Yeah. It's just, that just kind of goes more back to how internet is changing our games. Like, because you can download more games, like, that's more readily available, it's easier to get an indie game. It's easier for them because they don't have to release a physical copy of the game and yeah. paying for all that stuff. So they don't have to get a publisher. They can go to Sony or Xbox and say, hey, we got this game. Do you like it? Please put it on your, your store. And with the x86 architecture, it's easier to port it from Steam, too. Yeah. Exactly. So it's really, actually, I didn't even think about that, but that's actually a really big deal. Yeah. Because it also means that, and this is kind of more thinking about the future, but like this could also mean that it's the first generation of systems that is guaranteed backwards compatibility in the future. A knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Unless they have like, it's the x87 architecture this time. (laughs) It's not exactly the same. PlayStation goes back to the cell processor. Like, guys, we figured it out this time. You guys, great. we got PlayStation 3 backwards compatibility on lock. Can't play any of your PS4 games, though, because it's yeah. the cell processor again. <laughs> you should just buy a, P- a PS4 and a PS5. <laughs> oh, I think the, the big thing that I really like, and it's it's rest mode. Rest mode is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like so now just great. built into our lives, and we've come to expect it. I, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm playing Dark Souls. I'm going to stop for a little bit. I'm just going to put in a rest mode and come back whenever the hell I feel like it. Yep. Like, I don't have to, like, save the game, turn the whole console off. You can kind of do it at any point. I haven't saved, like, thought about going into a menu and hitting save in months. Yeah, the only time I think about saving is when I'm playing Dark Souls and they purposely make it difficult. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> if, I'm, if I get that little warning that says your Switch is about to die while I'm playing Rabbids. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. I'll save this. Yeah. I think something that's kind of cool, too, and this is probably going to be something that most people don't agree with, but I like how many re-releases that we're getting. Yeah. Because, again, it kind of means we're going to have these games for a long time with that kind of forward-thinking architecture. But also, I didn't play a lot of the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 games. And that's not something we saw a lot of on the PS3 and the Xbox 360 was player PS2 games. And, like, you know, we're going to remake them for the PS3. There were exceptions, of course, but it's a lot more common of a practice. I like it because I I feel like we finally hit a, not a wall, but a plateau in terms of visual fatality. Yeah. Like, like a, a level that is good enough mm-hmm. for the next 10, 20 years. Mm, that we 20 years? I don't know about maybe, that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't At least so. for regular two-dimensional screens. Um, mm. but so yeah, if, if we take, mm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't agree with you on that one, but I see what you're saying, but it'll, it'll look good. It won't like, be like, with, Hey, I'm going to put in a PlayStation one game and it looks like a polygonal piece of trash. Right, those games look great and they hold up very well. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they so don't. So <laughs> updating these games like Ratchet and Clank, updating them to yeah. a, this, our, this generation here, I think mm-hmm. preserves them so much longer than yeah. if we had like just had backwards compatibility to play the PlayStation two version of it. Yeah, and also for controlling as well, because when you're bringing it over to PlayStation 4, you can't just bring the controls over. you got to tailor them a little bit. And sometimes yeah. 
PS3 games control not as great as the current generation does. I still don't like the joysticks on the PS3. The DualShock 4 is the first PlayStation controller I actually really like. It's it's great. It's, it's fantastic. A great controller. Yeah. DualShock 3 I was fine with because it was comfortable and just what I was used to, but DualShock 4, man. Yeah. So what are what are like your highlight games of this generation? Like what are games that kind of speak as to like what this generation is about for you? Horizon Zero Dawn. I figured you were gonna say that. Destiny. Mm-hmm. Even like as controversial as the first Destiny was in its like regular state, like the mm-hmm. initial launch of it, like yeah. that that's kind of been those games of service have really taken off and that's kind of been i don't know maybe that's the defining game genre quote unquote of this generation is games as a service yeah because yeah no you're totally right ubisoft is completely moving over to that style for every single one of his franchises ea is the division they're now moving the star wars to be more of a game as service Hmm. like i think avatar game as a service game gonna be coming out god damn it avatar can't wait for that one i hope it last airbender maybe i'll be interested in it James Cameron, meh. Give me the M. Night Shyamalan movie adaptation of the comic book adaptation of the anime adaptation of Avatar. <laughs> um, that was, that so was yeah, a real maybe Game as service might be my vote for like the defining type of video game genre. or It's not really a genre, but it's a... I, I know what you mean. Like, I get something that wasn't possible genre, before. But, yeah. Um, I lost complete track. Oh, Metal Gear Solid Five. How is that defining um, for you? I guess it's an open world structure to Metal Gear Solid yeah, that wasn't possible before. Yeah, the the gameplay mechanics of it, I feel like that has been the most perfect and fluid gameplay. Mm-hmm. It just feels so good. Like that is the the height of gameplay right now. I still have that game and haven't played it yet. I really want you're to. You're an idiot. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, those three so far. Name some of yours. Um, I think I mean because I'm coming mostly from PlayStation Four, but in terms of like those games kind of being a little bit more artsy and um, just kind of different experience, The Witness for me speaks to me that way. Sure. I mean that game's on mobile, so it's not like it's pushing the boundaries of the PlayStation Four. But I think because right. of the the different types of games that are coming out, The Witness was able to kind of leave a mark in a way that it wouldn't have if it were the PlayStation Two or the PlayStation Three. Yeah. Or 360 or Xbox. Um, uh, Bloodborne is my favorite game of this generation, so I have to it's mention so that. Good. Which is nothing like... It's very similar, of course, to Demon's Souls and to uh, the Dark Souls games that are on previous consoles. But again, kind of going to your whole like the graphics and they, they kind of at this point where they're really solid, there's nothing wrong visually with the way Bloodborne works. To this exactly. point where if, if a, a new generation comes out, I really think Bloodborne will still look really, really good today. Exactly. And it I still hold flawless. that 10, maybe 20 years from now, it'll still look beautiful. It will. It will. And um, this is going to seem weird, but Hitman... Yep, seems weird. Because it it's not so much that it looks really good. It's because of the power of the console, you can have so many AI processes happening at any given time. Sure that it makes that world feel a lot more believable. Like, if you were to play, uh, like, even Hitman Absolution, it's like, I am playing a video game where I'm a Hitman. Whereas in this new game, there's a little bit more of a sense of, I am in this real place, and there's all these things that I can kind of tamper with. Sure. That kind of makes it that much more believable that it makes is a re- living, breathing environment. Exactly, exactly. And just because of the processing power and how many computations can be run at any given time. 
Like those those kind of games speak to me that way. And it's because I don't do a lot of the games for service type stuff. I still prefer the single player experiences, yeah. which those haven't seen a big change. But you're, there are those kind of at least for Hitman. I think it's probably the best example of what this generation can do. Yeah, it really made that game better than it could have been before. I think those are kind of the the three for me. And there's Uncharted Four, which is really good, but it's really not that much different than. Uncharted one, two, and three. Right. Minus, it looks a lot better, and it plays a lot better too. I think, but I mean, yeah, it's just it's just Uncharted three, and they just ramped everything up, and every part of it is better. Yeah. So, I mean, perfection plus perfection equals still perfection, but it's nothing new. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I got for this. Generation. But there's a rope in that one. <laughs> there's a rope. That's right. It changes everything. I yeah. never used that rope unless I absolutely had to. Oh man, I use it all the time. I loved, like, sneaking up and using a rope and then, like, fucking pouncing on a guy as I land and then breaking his neck. Fucking love murder. <laughs> uh, then you should play Hitman because that's all that game is about. <laughs> I want to play Uncharted again. I want to play Last of Us again. I'm actually really wanting to play that. I'm the, I'm at a point now where I'm so close to impulse buying. I might for Black Friday buy a 65-inch OLED TV. Um that I'm I'm holding off on a lot of games to play them on that beautiful screen because I know the next time I play Uncharted I'm gonna go for the platinum so I'm gonna play it on the hardest difficulty. Did, don't you have a 4K TV right now? No, I just have a regular 1080. That's right. You're talking about getting one, so you're gonna do that too. Yeah, I think I think Black Friday I'm gonna jump on it. Do they sell TVs on Black Friday? Is that a thing? Uh, it depends on who you mean by they. If you mean the grocery store, no. Oh, that's right. It's like a Japan 7-Eleven. Yes. In Japan, they have 7-Eleven brand TVs. Do they really? They do. <laughs> I would never get a 7-Eleven brand TV. Um, when I got my 4K TV, Costco had an insanely good deal. We got... You saw my... I mean, you see my TV. Yeah. It's really nice. That was yeah. like 600 bucks. Not bad. Yeah. For That was a 4K OLED. TV like last year, so... It's not OLED, though. It is not OLED. I want that OLED sexy screen. So, yeah, what what hasn't gone so well this generation? Um, I think I kind of said it earlier, which is just the, there hasn't really been a lot that's like new. I think that 360 and PS3 brought in a lot of new franchises. Uncharted yeah. was a new franchise we got, uh, we got on, um, the PS3, um, Gears of War was a new franchise we got on the, the three, the 360. And like, I feel like we're getting a lot of the sequels of the same games. We're not getting yeah. that much in terms of the AAA games. Like Dishonored Two came out. Okay, well Dishonored One came out on the 360, and the PS3. Like Years of War Four was one of the big Microsoft games. Again, that was on the 360. Like there's st- and even like Bloodborne. Like Bloodborne, yeah, sure, it's an it's an original IP. It's so heavily based off of Dark Souls that it hardly right. counts. So we still we still haven't seen new franchises being created and that's what i always look forward to knack is the closest i can think of right now but i'm sure you're going to say one that i wasn't thinking of it's like oh of course besides destiny i mean i think think we're in the middle that was on 316 ps3 as well right i think we're in the middle right now like the last year ish maybe Mm -hmm. year and a half is where we don't know it yet because the sequels haven't been developed but those are the games i think they're going to start the new franchises for us like horizon zero dawn obviously yeah, that is the like, and you know I'm not as crazy about the game as you are, but I will admit that is the only huge franchise that I can think of. Yeah, I think that maybe maybe a topic for a different week where we discuss like, hey, of what's come out this generation, what do you think is going to be the next big franchise, or what do you think is going to be kind that of defining for this one? Um, yeah, 
I think we. You're right. Nothing. There hasn't been a lot of new so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, since it's, it's so good. topical, loot loot boxes have cropped up as a thing. Yeah, microtransactions. The mobilization of consoles yeah. has happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not fun. Um, but I mean, th- as we mentioned last week, things like that pop up every generation. Whether it's something gross that the companies like online passes, things like that. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing we haven't talked about that's really kind of new this generation, at least in terms of being really mainstream and now everyone's doing it, is the whole games for gold and play- free games to PlayStation Plus. That happened on um, PlayStation 3, yeah, but now did, yeah. it is a mainstream thing. Yeah, every company has some version of it, and Nintendo yeah. keeps telling us something like that's coming. But It's obviously going to happen. And they even kind of have it too. Like If you have enough platinum points from buying games, you can still get like games for free. But they're like that's not that's not the it, same at all. They're not they're not quite as good. It's similar-ish. N- n- no, <laughs> no, that's not the same at all. So, but they keep talking about they're like we're gonna have our one game a month that has new online features, and mm-hmm. we're never gonna tell you anything else about it ever again. Yeah, I'm... they need to talk about that. <laughs> they really need yeah. to. But yeah, I definitely appreciate that service. It's definitely highlighted a lot of games that I wouldn't have otherwise played. Mm-hmm. Or whether or not I play them, I'm more aware of them and can appreciate them yeah. for how they impact our gaming culture. Well, like but... Until Dawn. I never would have played Until Dawn had it not been free. Oh, and man, I'm really glad I played that. It's a really good game. Yep. Very, very fun. Reminder, we're playing Amnesia, the yes. first game for, I guess that'll be next week that we talk about it. Yep, for t- Halloween. Yep, Halloween. Or... Yeah, next, next week we're going to talk about uh, amnesia and then we're gonna talk about mario odyssey because we'll both play mario odyssey at that point oh i forgot for about four minutes that that game was coming out this week and then oh i just gosh. remembered now again and i'm so fucking excited i cannot wait i'm so 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 pumped for that game yeah um then after that there's nothing else coming out this year that i'm really excited about except for there's doom on switch there is skyrim on switch get, i'm not gonna get doom on switch you're not no holden's not gonna get anything on that comes out on switch I might get Xenoblade. I might. I might. Skyrim. Skyrim. I might get it. it. I I want to play that game, but I I might. I don't know if I'm going to quite yet. I honestly more want to see how a game like that gets reviewed on the Switch. Like if they yeah. say like this is the worst version of it. It's always choppy and like, <laughs> load screens take forever. Like I'm like all right, cool. I'm glad I. Oh, waited. one thing I didn't get your opinion PS4. on. Yeah. Doom, because you played Doom and you said how fluid and fast that game is important to you. What's your opinion on? When they came out and said that it will run at a consistent 30 frames per second on Switch. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, the f- How smooth that game is is what makes that game so good. But yeah. the video I've seen... So here's the thing. is It is technically 30 frames per second, but they do something to it to make it feel the same, is what I was reading. I can't remember what they... It was some, some technical term. So they're trying to replicate that feeling of the 60 frames per second still. So I'm, I'm curious how that plays out, what that's going to look like. A little curious, George. This is definitely... It's really cool that Doom is coming to Switch. Can the Switch handle Doom? I don't know, and that's what I'm really curious about. I think yeah. the Switch can handle Skyrim. I, I, I do believe that. Yeah, at this it's point, Skyrim is, is like five years old, and it didn't look stupendous when it came out. Yeah. But then again, Bethesda games are always known for having atrociously terrible bugs. Exactly. So, so it's going to get a pass anyway. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed about the thirty frames per, per second. I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when they say um, 
it, it feels like we were talking about it before, like, oh, it's really cool that Switch is getting these games. The only thing that would prevent it from being cool to have all these third-party games is if they are significantly worse on the Switch for some reason. And in right. the case of Doom, having the frame, having the frames per second is part of that for me. Interesting. Not kind of bummed. Well, you'll have to go play it at a GameStop kiosk, kiosk in ten-minute fragments. So mm-hmm. no, I'll watch reviews and see what it's like. Because the only thing too is there's not a lot of footage of this game. Right. Yeah, everything's like, like off-screen camera footage and like. Yeah. And if it was running really great, they'd show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> they would want you to see that. So. Well, cool. Do we have any interrogatives this week? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Nope. That's blank. Thanks so much for writing into us, everyone. We appreciate your communication. No, we love you. If whether you just listen to us or whether you just uh, have somebody transcribe our podcast and you read us, we appreciate anything that you do. Go subscribe and like us. Share us with your friends. Uh, go home and eat a pie t- the, today. Mm-hmm. Whatever day you're listening to it, it's National Thanksgiving's Pie Day. Thanksgiving's coming up. National Pie Day, three point one four, March fourteenth today. Episode thirty three. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to us and joining us. Holden, is there anything you'd like to tell our friends before we leave? I love all of you guys. Oh, what a wuss. You guys <laughs> suck. So you got to belittle them, and then they'll appreciate you more. It's I called negging. It's called negging. <laughs> all right, all you guys suck. Is that what Tracer just said? Is that better? Yeah. All right, everyone sucks. Just kidding. I love you, Alden's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was Bye, pressured into saying that, you guys. <laughs> I'll see you with Mario Odyssey and Amnesia. Ooh, can't wait. Bye-bye.